So welcome to episode four of Taking Charge of My Cancer podcast. I am your host, Derly Munoz, and I have a pleasure to work with a great interdisciplinary team. And I have a very special guest today, um, and this is Dr. Catherine Hitchcock. So I'm going to ex- um, kind of like tell you a little bit about um, Kate. And uh, we, um, she is a radiation oncologist at UF Health in Gainesville, Florida. Um, she is a biomedical engineer and a retired aircraft carrier driver. She is the principal investigator for national trials in head and neck and gastrointestinal cancers and does um, a great work with uh, in both diversity, equity, inclusion, access, and quality patient safety. So Catherine, welcome to um, our podcast and thank you for being here. Oh, truly my pleasure. Thank you for asking me. Absolutely. So you want to tell us a little bit about your mission. How did you end up up in radiation oncology? Kind of accidentally. uh, I I had known for a long, long time that I wanted to go to medical school and be a physician, but nobody in my family or even remotely connected to my family was a physician. So uh, when I went to medical school, I didn't really understand what the different kinds of doctors did. And I kind of happened into radiation oncology accidentally. I'm not sure I would have ever realized that it was the right answer for me. And it really was. Um, And so uh, just like everybody, I think there's a lot of value in just talking to different people and hearing about their ideas on different things. You never know when you're going to pick up a good idea. And we were just talking with a family friend one day and she mentioned this specialty of radiation oncology, which at that point I'd never heard of. And based on her advice, I went and spent some time in their clinic and realized this is absolutely the right job for me. I just love it. And I really, truly do love my job. That's amazing. That's great. So you really were not really planning to do this, right? Were you planning to do something else like besides radiation oncology? Well, when I was in medical school, I was also got a PhD in engineering and my PhD advisor really wanted me to be a radiologist. And that's a great job. I'm so appreciative of the people who do it, but it it involves most of the time sitting at a computer and looking at images and reading those into the computer. That just wasn't the job for me. I'm a people person. So okay. once I realized that that was the wrong answer, I was kind of at loose ends and thinking, oh gosh, what am I really going to do? Okay, got you. So will you um, tell me like three valuable tips that you learn about your journey? Sure. I think um, the the first tip I would really emphasize for anybody is that humility serves you. When I was little and people told me to be humble, I always thought that they meant it so that I wouldn't annoy other people by being arrogant around them. But I, I, I think anybody who has survived past a certain age and is thoughtful realizes that being humble really, really helps you too. It gives you room to make mistakes. It lets you connect with people in a way that you can't do if you're arrogant. And really at the end of the day, you want to feel like somebody who hasn't treated other people badly and hurt their feelings. So being a humble person is just so good for you all the time. I don't think there's any substitute for that. I think another tip I have for everybody is to use positive feedback. Human beings are so responsive to positive rewards, telling people they did a good job, giving them a gift, giving them a prize, doing something that encourages them. But 
positive feedback requires effort. So what do we all do? Instead, we all get into that habit of not saying anything to anybody until something goes wrong and then telling them that they messed up or telling them to stop doing something. Human beings don't operate very well on that basis. We we don't give it our best when all we get is negative feedback. So uh, even when I pull up to the drive-through at McDonald's, I immediately think of something positive I can say to that person. Hey, you you took my order really well today, and not everybody does that. You did a great job. Thank you. That's and awesome. Yeah, it helps them, but it helps me too. You know, I have a better experience after that. So everybody wins at that point. That explains why um, I was so impacted by you when you start uh, when you were a resident. And I can't believe husband that just kind of made me feel like, oh my God, how long I've been doing this and working in the system, right? But I remember back then and I was like, oh my God, she's like the nicest person. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Know, you. Just from the day one when I met you, just doing the introduction to you guys and uh, you know, like the in-service about what PT does when you guys go through radiation. So um yeah, so yeah, totally see where did that come from. <laughs> And this so, part of that was military service was really good for me there because I grew up in a really sheltered place in a very small town out in Wyoming. Um, and, you know, I, I read a lot of books, so my understanding of the world was good. But what the military really did for me is put me in tiny little rooms with people who are really different from me and put us in super stressful situations where we needed to make things happen that were sometimes very dangerous so we had to immediately rely on each other. And boy, that is a, a good experience for anybody. You really wow. learn how to how to be with people and be a good person to other people that way. Wow. Amazing. Um, what would be the most painful lesson that you have been learning in this journey? I would say the most painful one to get to, the one that took the hardest work was just forgiving your younger self. It is so easy to look back on things we've said in the past, decisions we've made in the past, you know, pathways we went down, and judge ourselves through the lens of who we are now, with the knowledge we have now, with the experience we have now. It's really easy to forget that back then when we made that decision, we didn't have all this knowledge and experience. And I think a lot of people, for a while, myself included, spend a lot of emotional energy kind of beating themselves up for not having done a better job back when they were younger. But the reason you didn't do a better job back then was because you didn't have the tools for that. You you would have if you could have, and it just wasn't possible. So it's so much better just to leave those things behind. That kind of baggage really doesn't help you. Okay, awesome. Um, is um, this anything that you have that will be a value for our audience? I was thinking through, I imagine a fair number of people in your audience will end up being um, patients who are going through a cancer experience or family members of people who are going through a cancer experience. Perfect. The number th one thing I would really encourage them to do is understand how cancer works. I find that a lot of my patients, uh, number one, carry around a lot of guilt because they think that they did something or failed to do something that resulted in them getting their cancer. And certainly there's habits out there. We all know that smoking, for example, kind of promotes cancers to happen, but any cancer can happen to any person and it's nothing that we can stop. And it's nothing that um, we did, there's nothing we did to bring it on. I think all of that comes from, you know, 
back even a generation ago, a lot of people really believed that cancer was a punishment for having sinned in some way. And even though we understand more of the science of it now, I think a lot of people are having trouble letting go of that feeling that it's a, it's a punishment in some fashion. And it isn't. In reality, cancer is just a place where when our cells were making copies of themselves, which they have to do all the time, they made a mistake. And most of the time, our immune system that protects us from colds and the flu and so on, most of the time, our immune system also catches those cancer cells and kills them. But once in a while, one of them slips through and we didn't do anything to cause that to happen. We certainly don't deserve to have cancer ever. It's just something that happens to the body. So really learning about things like that, learning that the reason cancer rates are shooting up around the world isn't because we're exposed to some kind of crazy plastic or something. <laughs> it's really because if you go back and study, even in the 1970s, everybody died of heart attacks and car accidents, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now we wear seatbelts and now we have stents that we can put in your heart when you have a heart attack so that you survive it. So all those people now are living long enough to get cancer. That's why That's the right. cancer rates are going that up. That's right. Yep. Uh, yep. That's right. So understanding those things, I think when you're dealing with a cancer diagnosis is just so, so important. The other thing that's really important at that time, and I bring it up not to be negative or get anybody down in the dumps thinking about negative things, but because all of us should be thinking about it all the time is, please, for heaven's sake, talk about death and dying with your family. I was really lucky having gone to the military. You know, they sat us down when we were 18 years old and said, you're going to make out your last will and testament right here, you 18-year-old person. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, that really gets your attention, oh, but, but it taught me from that very tender age that that is a very necessary thing to do. None of us has promised tomorrow, not a single one of us. I could step out of here today and get hit by a bus crossing the street and to leave your affairs in a situation that's awful to your family to deal with is really being mean to the people who, who love you most and who you love the most. So please, please, let's get rid of this taboo that we're, we're going to overcome death by pretending it doesn't exist. It's so harmful to everybody. We yep. really need to have these conversations. That's a very good point. That's, yeah, it's, 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 it's funny how you say that, um, Kay, that sometimes when we have these, um, you know, patients who have like, you know, brain tumors with like, you no know, glioblastomas, we know, know such a great diagnosis and they really feel super bad because, you know, the, the prognosis is not good, but yeah. I always tell them the same thing. It's like, you know, who knows yeah. when this day is going to happen. We have no power over that. Somebody yeah. else who, whoever you believe in has the power over that. Yeah. But I say the same thing. I can go out there as well and get hit by a bus and die tomorrow. So do the best you can with the best quality life possible. And, and then just take one day at a time. And, and I think it's important. It's important to, to get them prepared for like, you know, even if I have this, like how many patients, you know, if you go back and say, my God, you know, you're going to have three months to live by research, by what we see. And they're like three years later. Yeah, it happens all the time. Totally fine. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's, it's just go back, live your life good quality okay. life, prepare yourself because again, that can be happened to somebody with cancer or yeah. that can be happened with somebody that got COVID. Look all that many people who die with COVID, right? So yeah, same yeah. principles. 
That's it. And most of all, tell the people you love that you love them and, and let go of petty small things that aren't going to matter in that, in that moment at the end, because that moment could come anytime. That's right. That's right. Um, how can people find you? Um, if they will just Google University of Florida, go Gators and put in Hitchcock. And especially if they put in the word cancer with Hitchcock, they will find all of my contact information. Okay, perfect. And um, would you like mention three books that you have recommend, like you recommend to our audience? Absolutely. So I'm going to mention a couple that are for kind of learning things and improving yourself. And then I'm going to mention my favorite books just to relax because that's a wonderful thing to you. Um, I re recommend to everybody the book Being Mortal by Atul Gawande, Being Mortal. It's exactly about the things we were talking about that um, it's so much better to sort of decide what you want for yourself at the end of your life and talk about that with your loved ones than to pretend it's not happening and then put them in a crisis at the end, making decisions that they are not in any way prepared to make awful thing to do to anybody, let alone the people you love most. And he really writes it in a way he tells stories and it's very relatable. It's not a hard book to read at all, but it's one everybody should read. Um, the book, uh, another book that I'm enjoying right now, there's one called Finding Florida. It's by T.D. Allman. If anybody likes history or lives in Florida or um, really just kind of wants to understand our country and the very uh, big stresses we have politically and so on in our country right now, it just does an amazing job of going back to the roots of all those things and explaining how we got to where we are right now and why some things aren't working all that great, you know, That's there's awesome. always an explanation. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm going to get that book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. And it, again, it's really well written. History books can be quite dry, but this one is just a series of really engaging stories that really help you understand, you know, who we are um, all together. Um, and then my favorite set of books to read just to relax. I really love the old science fiction author, Robert Heinlein. Um, I've, I think I've read every book he ever wrote. They're just rip roaring good adventure stories, but they also teach you a lot about how to interact with other people, how to deal with difficult situations, how to improve yourself as a person, um, they're, they're kind of guidebooks for life disguised as really, really good uh, adventure stories. So I, I would commend them to anybody. Perfect. Perfect. How about movies? Would be oh like movies you recommend. <laughs> so good. My favorite movie of, of all time is one called Glory. It's about the 54th Massachusetts, uh, the regiment from um, uh, the Civil War here in the United States. And they were one of the very first um, military bodies that was that included African-Americans, um, because at that time, of course, the whole point of that conflict was that those people were not free to participate in things in the way that they should be, even in states that did not have slavery at that time. Um, and it's just such a motivating story of how people who've been treated badly their whole lives and robbed of their their rights as human beings still are able to to grab on to their identity and and um, you know fight for their place in the world which of course they shouldn't have had to do but it's really inspiring to learn about how they did and it's a it's a real story those people really did exist um 
there's a if you like kind of semi spooky movies or kind of intrigue movies, there's a really good one we watched recently that's called The Prestige. Okay. Um, it's about a, a magician, like a stage magician, or actually a couple of them. Which when you hear that, you think, oh, you know, this is going to turn into some hokey thing. But it's a really good, as I mentioned, I'm a big science fiction fan, and there's some components of that in there. And it's just a really good, it's so rare that I don't guess the ending of a movie. And this one just floored me. I was completely knocked out by it. So good. So good. Uh, and speaking of science fiction, I really love the movie that's much more recent, uh, the one called Everything Everywhere All at Once. It just is such a good movie. It's, again, a, an adventure movie, but it's such a good sort of discussion of the relationships between parents and children and how we carry things through generations that aren't serving any of us in reality. Um, and it also really is a neat kind of look into Asian American families and the way that some of their culture and traditions affect the way that they make decisions about their families and so on. It's just a really well done movie. Yeah, yeah. And got, got a Grammy, right? It was in the movie. Of it, the did, year. it did, it did. And yes, uh, you got a, exactly, it was so good. How about podcasts? So um, I wish I were a better podcast listener here. I have to guiltily confess that most of the time in the car, I'm listening to kind of, you know, trashy fiction books because at the end of the day, taking care of cancer patients, I just need to kind of unwind. However, my big learning project right now that started during when we were all in shutdown during COVID and continues up to right now is I'm learning Spanish. Um, because uh, in the state of Florida, a third of my my uh, fellow Floridians speak Spanish in their homes. So regardless of whether they're able to, to speak English with me in the clinic, I've just felt like it was really important to show them the respect of learning a second language just as they have done um, and to have that kind of common ground with them. So that's been my project. So my favorite podcast along those those lines is one called Hoy Hablamos. There's lots of podcasts out there for kind of more beginning Spanish learners that are learning, you know, teaching uh, basic vocabulary. This one is for a little bit more advanced people. And it's really just kind of two guys having a discussion with each other about everyday things. But they're really, they are language learners too. They've had to learn English during their lives. And so they're really good about pointing out places that you can get into trouble with language or things that were difficult to learn. And it's just very positive and encouraging. And I just learn a ton by by listening to them. It's really good. So we need to speak more Spanish together. Claramente. Sí. <laughs> From now on, every time I see you, I'm just going to speak Spanish to you. I would be so grateful for that. The more <laughs> practice I can get, the better. Okay, awesome. Um. Is any question that you wish I will ask you and would you would like to be answered? I think the question that, that I would most like to talk people's ear off about that, that uh, gets asked me kind of rarely is, what is it like to be from Wyoming of all places and then to go live out in the rest of the world? Uh, and I will tell you that the answer is, it's exactly like being from a different country. Um, and, you know, the United States, it's a big place. There are lots of different subcultures in the U.S. Even within a city, you can have really different culture, cultural experiences, depending on where you go, which I love. I think it's one of the best parts of our country that we have all of that. 
Um, Wyoming is very much that way. It is really, truly the Old West, um, the real version of it, not the, the cowboy movie version of it, having been kind of pushed forward into the modern world. So, you know, they have all the things that modern people do, shop on Amazon, you know, get our news from the internet, but a lot of the sort of traditions and worldviews and so on there are, are very much uh, things out of the Old West. And it's really interesting, you know, I think a lot of people assume if you're from this country that you've always had access to the things that you see in the movies and so on, that you can just walk down the street and go to the shoe store or the bookstore. I didn't have any of that. The nearest <laughs> shoe store, the nearest bookstore, those were a hundred miles away at least. And those oh my were God. stores. Uh -huh. The nearest shopping mall was two and a half hours from where wow. I was. So, you know, culturally, boy, was it a shock to move to the East Coast and you know, be in this environment that was so different from what I knew growing up. Both are good. Both have their strengths. Both have their advantages. Uh, I imagine it would do a lot of people from Florida good, for example, to go live in Wyoming for a, lot, a little while. Um, it's a tough place. Mother Nature really wants to kill you at all times. That was what <laughs> Wyoming and the Navy had in common, you know, these big empty spaces full of nature's elements trying to end your life. So oh my God. you got you to stay on your toes. Um, but it's also a truly beautiful place. So I definitely would recommend everybody go visit. Just please do it between the middle of July and the middle of September, because otherwise you're definitely going to get snowed on and you probably don't want to. Okay, that's good advice. I have not been in Wyoming, so. <laughs> <laughs> got to visit. Got to go at least see Yellowstone and the Grand Teton. Yes, yes. I have some beautiful things about that. Yeah. Now, Kate, I have another question. If patients um, or, you know, anybody on the audience or caregivers really have no idea about what is radiation, you know, you have this, you go, you have this cancer diagnosed, you're scared, um, full of fear, like, you know, being really a lot of the fear of like, you know, I'm going to just really be afraid of what is happening. Um how you can just describe like really like words like you know what is the role of radiation so number one i want everybody to realize that we're all exposed to radiation all the time we think of it as something that you know comes from the crashed spacecraft or the government facility over there as you and i sit here right now we're being bombarded with radiation that passes through the buildings that we're in and of course you get even more radiation when you go out in the sunshine that's the same kind of radiation that I use to treat cancer, exactly the same, no difference. So I think the fear that people have surrounding radiation, that really comes from back during World War II when the government was trying to discourage people from kind of messing around with this new science on their own. And there's some amazing stories where people did go ahead and try to do sort of scientific experiments with radiation in their backyard, and that never turned out well. Um, but- wow. But that fear from that time kind of has lingered and the air of secrecy around it has lingered and it really hurts a lot of people because yes, radiation can harm you, fire can harm you and you use fire every day. Every time you get in your car and fire it up, you're sitting on top of a great big controlled fire. You know, we use lots of things that could really harm us or even kill us. It's a matter of using them in the right way and radiation is very much like that. The role of radiation in cancer treatment is so, so, so important. I think from if you watch the movies, you would get the impression that chemotherapy is what cures people's cancers. 
And that's true of some cancers, leukemia and lymphoma, but solid cancers, the ones that most people are more familiar with, lung cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer, you have to have local treatment for those, ones that really get to the tumor where it starts. And the only two curative options for, for those solid cancers are surgery and radiation. Some of them are really better for surgery, some are better for radiation, some you need both. Um, but that local therapy is the key to being cured of your cancer, which we can do now at a rate unbelievable to people before us, even when I was in college, if you take all the ladies who died of breast cancer when I was in college, a third of them, we saved their lives now. That was a very short Amazing. time ago. Amazing. Mm -hmm. and radiation is a big part of that. So when people are scared of it and don't go get it when they should, what they're really doing is harming their ability to live through their cancers. Um, radiation, of course, has its side effects. Um, it can uh, cause some skin irritation, depending on which part of your body it's aimed at. It can do some gut upset, but we're really good at helping you through those things. Just like if you had a, a surgery for cancer or anything else, you expect you're going to have an incision in your skin after that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so same thing with radiation. It has its effects and we know how to deal with them and we get you through. So make sure and go talk with somebody uh, if you if you have recommend radiation recommended to you before you decide against it, please, please go talk with somebody who uses it and let them explain so that you can make that decision wisely. Perfect. That's awesome. That's the best way to really close this up. That's really great because you now we hear we heard that a lot and and um, and sometimes, you know, I'm in a, in a good position where I can see patients right before surgery, right after diagnose and and, uh, and, and sometimes it's all these questions, you know, I have this and then I'm having an appointment with the radiation oncologist. I have an appointment with the medical oncologist. So I've been learning so much from, from you and, and, and then all our interdisciplinary team to just try to educate them into saying the same thing, right? Sometimes they're like, I'm not going to do it yeah. because, you know, 20 years ago, my sister had it and that was terrible. Right. And I usually tell them, you know, I've been doing this, what, for 13 years yeah. and I cannot keep up with you guys protocol anymore <laughs> because it used to be everybody six, you know, every day for six weeks. Now it's like, no, depending, you do this, you do that. So it's like, it's amazing just year How after year. the technology is changing. Oh my God. Like sometimes these protocols change so much, like once a week for three weeks. Well, mm -hmm. I'm like, I have no idea anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, no, I cannot keep up anymore. So but it's really nice for, 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 for patients to hear that from you, from a radiation oncologist saying like, you know, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for you to try to avoid for this to come back yeah. or like you say, living through the cancer. So um, that's, that's very good advice. That's it. And uh, please, please, everybody remember that all we want for you is to get the cancer behind you and go on living your life. That is my entire goal and everything. And you are the captain of the ship it's your body. I'm not going to do anything that you don't want. So please don't ever think that, it, that if you come see me, that I'm going to put pressure on you to get one kind of treatment or another. I'm going to present the evidence to you that I have from all my, I've, I've tell everybody I've gone to school through the 28th grade. You might as well <laughs> use all that learning that I accumulated for your benefit. But in the end, what I want is what you want for your body. I'm here to support you getting what you want.
Okay, perfect. Thank you, Kate. That was amazing. And thank you so much for just being here with me today. Truly my pleasure. Thanks for being a teammate of mine too. I just, we're a great team together. Awesome. Well, you have a great afternoon and thank you again.